late night Doomray. Yes, it is. Um, it's it's not quite. Oh, I wouldn't say it's a lounge show because it's at the beginning of the weekend as opposed to the end of the weekend. So, um, <laughs> it does make a I'd, difference. I'd call it. Uh, yeah, I'd call it um, a end of the week. We 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 might be coherent. We might not be. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the beginning of the beginning of the bank holiday weekend as well. So nice yes, kind of nice kind good. of anticipation of a long weekend. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Although saying that, my uh, my long weekend is is already full. Yeah. Um, I'm building a website. I'm um, writing on the comic book, and <laughs> all manner of other things in between. Well, that's, um, that's what you get, busy guy. Yeah, I have <laughs> I have a I have a, um, I have a barbecue to look forward to though, so I can't complain too much. No, I wouldn't um, be complaining. And let's hope the weather holds out. It was supposed to be 23 degrees on Monday, which, uh, compared to what it's been in the last few months, I think my skin may melt off or something. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not used to the inside of my car not being frozen in the morning. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it has changed this week. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so. Yeah. British, very British introduction. That talking about talking the weather. About the weather. Yeah. Usual thing. Um, oh, by the way, I saw just thinking of um, British. I saw a great review on um, one of the books from um, uh, that we'd put up this week. That was um, that was a, <laughs> um, a British book by a British author by a British publishing house. <laughs> that was it. It's it just nothing else. It's like just blind racism. <laughs> um, maybe this is the kind of UKIP review. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I just, I. But the thing is, is that you know, it can. It's the great thing about text is that could be taken two ways. It could have been like, huh, as in kind of hurrah. Um, but I think it was more just pessimism. But anyway, um, but that was quite funny. Um, <laughs> I just, I love. It's one of the great things about kind of working in the creative industries at the minute. I think is. Um, is this kind of ability for uh, everybody to rate you, um, and this kind of no such thing as critics almost anymore? Um, and I, I just really like this idea that well, some, everyone's you know, because, a critic because it is really well, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. And um, but it's this. It, I really like this idea that you know you get kind of real feedback from real people, but it also shows you how kind of petty some people are. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, same, the things that they pick up on and the things they don't pick up on. And it's uh, it's very interesting, though. I think it's one um, of the big problems of all of these kind of new forms is that, it, is that it's subject straight away to, uh, to, to the, the anonymized internet critic and it's it's yeah. like, wasn't it what they used to call the the, the I think John Gruber called it the greater internet dickwad theory that, yeah. that basically with an uh, you know with with an audience and anonymity everyone becomes an idiot. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think as well it's that it's that thing of um, you know some people I mean I kind of take it all with a pinch of salt really. Um, because, I mean, the, the, the thing that makes me laugh is you get people reviewing things that, that shouldn't be um, and, you know, things that just 
just weren't made for like you know i was um looking at the reviews of the next day on itunes and mm. <laughs> there was just there was one guy who just put one star i hate david bowie <laughs> well, well, what are you yeah. doing buying his album? Yeah. It's like, really strange. Um, but yeah, I guess it's this kind of, like you say, this culture of um, the right to an opinion on everything, uh, yeah. which is it's quite a strange thing. Yeah. Um, they say that uh, opinion, opinions are like arseholes, everyone has one. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, this is I, this I like is what it. destroys things like YouTube for me. I mean, you know, this is it would be something that I maybe I'd spend a little bit more time on, but I just every, every time I do, I just despair at the comments that sit below everything. Um, yeah. You know, to, to the extent where I've I've used blockers to to block everything except the video. Um, and I enjoy watching it on the Apple TV a bit more because that's not there. Yeah, yeah, and and I think well, the, the thing is, is that I guess you know Apple Apple try and kind of strip things down most of the time. Um, but it, it's good in some ways. I mean, it's that thing, isn't it? Of I quite like the idea that you can kind of flick through um you know what people have what people have put up and 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 make a judgment from there as you know oh, this guy kind of obviously likes the same kind of things as me or you know and you um but then the problem is as well is that the thing that i object to is that you get companies posting posting their own reviews and stuff like that and you you get this kind of weird um <sighs> kind of distrust of, of a lot of these reviews i guess that that um that you shouldn't but either you take it all with a pinch of salt kind of mm. thing and and you know i, I it's it makes me laugh because like there's people it's always every time um games like infinity blade like a high spec games come out on on the uh, app store you get <laughs> you always get somebody who's like one star doesn't run on my original iphone <laughs> it's like well it says in the description it won't run like don't give it one star because you're stupid yeah because you can't um, read the description yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly it's like uh you know you don't take a beef burger back into mcdonald's and go i'm a vegetarian why did you sell me this <laughs> or maybe, maybe you do um i use mcdonald's a lot in analogies i think it's uh i don't know why it's universal <laughs> Sadly, everyone, yeah, everyone knows it. Yeah, yeah they do. Um, so, 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 yeah, so reviews. Uh, the, I've been reading some reviews of last week's Doctor Who, <laughs> which uh, oh, yeah, d yeah. didn't like it very much. Uh, even even the Doctor, even uh, in the Doctor Who magazine, there was a there was a fairly sniffy review. Mm. Yeah, I, th I have to say with 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 that episode. Um, from the title, I got so excited, like you know, the, mm. the, this kind of journey into the TARDIS because the TARDIS is is you know a very mysterious thing, um, and I don't know. I just the one thing I'll say for this season um, is the kind of the 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 
creature peril thing needs to stop. Mm. It's like every single episode has been, um, and you know, I, at first I thought it was kind of coincidence that there, that a few episodes had had this, you know, kind of the the um, you know being stalked around a ship kind of idea, but the last three episodes in a row, or four episodes, three episodes in a row, have been the um, you know Clara being all scared whilst the doctor tries to work stuff out. <laughs> and it's just, it seems to be very formulaic and seems to be kind of, um, you know, going... I don't know if... The, see, I have this theory that the end of this series is going to be amazing. And they just kind of... They almost have the payoff, but didn't know how quite how to get there. Yeah. I don't know. Well, lots. Of, I've heard other people say that same thing about the monsters, about getting you know that that notion that every, it's it's getting very samey. I, I have to say that I, I kind of thought this week for the first time that the, I liked the idea of what those creatures were. I liked as I liked the reveal. I, I, sort I, know, of started I, I to think about uh, what yeah. they were. But I guess yeah, in terms no, like, on the surface, like that, yeah. on the surface, it does, it does of... become the same thing. Yeah, it's just, uh, there's only so long, I mean, she's very pretty, but there's only so long I can watch Jenna Louise Coleman walk around corridors. Um, How long is that? Know. How long is that so long, though? It could be, it could be days that you can watch her. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's kind of, to me, it's like, I remember um, with, with Dark Place, there's a there's a great there's a great scene where uh, where Garth Marenghi says um, some of the episodes were running up to five minutes short, so we so anything um, that wasn't dialogue was considered for slow motion. And <laughs> I quite like this idea that they, all the episodes were running under, so they just got Jenna Louise Coleman to just walk around corridors. Mm. <laughs> and they just film it and just kind of chop it in. But um, but again, you know, the, um, Matt Smith had his had his rant that you hate. Um, I didn't hate which... it quite as much. <laughs> okay. okay, but I think, but I do think they're kind of giving because because this thing of giving each episode to different writers. Every writer wants to wants to write that speech. Yeah, well, have you seen they released um, a, a, a glimpse at the season finale? No, and I, haven't, another... I haven't seen that. Oh, I, I tweeted you it. How dare you? Ah. Um, but, um, yeah. And the, oh, they... the photograph. The photograph, not yeah, the... Yeah, but uh... they've, they've also got some dialogue, though. Oh, um, ah, yes, from I saw the that. Final, yeah. From the final episode. Yeah, that's all and, in the Doctor and, um, Who uh, book, uh, magazine. Of... Yeah, and, you know, he, he gives this a bit, uh, similar speech. Um, <laughs> so so you'll you'll cry. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I like the I like the idea of what um, of what the creatures were. Um, the the Scrap Brothers. Oh gosh, were one of the most terrible ideas. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't understand what the point to them were, why they needed to be there. Um, whether I was supposed to care, <laughs> it did seem like a like a hastily constructed uh, subplot that had been that, that was there to kind of drive a narrative forward, but it but it rapidly became pointless. Um, yeah, it just I, I don't I didn't didn't like that. that but it was, 
there was the reveal of the fact that he was a human and not an android. And what I loved was Clara looked really, really, really kind of awkward. And I loved it because that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> it's just kind of... I don't quite know how to react. To well, this. I think when you, if you're going to if you're going to have a reveal about the characters, you you need to care about them, and I don't believe that anyone cared about those characters. Um, no, so so it, it, it was pointless. It was weird. It was such a weird choice, and I think you know I do think though in a lot of ways you are right in that the risk you you run by having kind of different writers all the time is. Everybody wants to make their episode the season finale, almost, you know, and they and they try and kind of get as much in as possible. Um, I thought the length of it worked better than than others. Um, I thought it kind of well, that's because they set timer. He, he <laughs> yeah. actually, with half an hour of the episode left, said we have half an hour. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I liked. So, it. Yeah. I felt it was it was channeling sunshine at one point. Uh, quite like, and I quite like sunshine the film. Uh, the Danny mm-hmm. the Danny Boyle film, I've, and I felt it was more it was more it was doing that more than it was doing Alien. So I, I quite I quite like that. It's funny because Sunshine's my favourite Danny Boyle film mm-hmm. uh, by by quite a significant margin as well. I like I like Danny Boyle, but um, I I loved Sunshine. I thought the the soundtrack was amazing. The cinematography was amazing, and it's got Cillian Murphy in, and any film with Cillian Murphy. Cillian, I, uh, Killian, I think. Killian, I is it, is it Cillian? I've always said Killian. I think I heard. Well, you it say pronounced. Killian. Yeah. You, you say Killian. I say Cillian. Let's call the Let's whole thing. Let's call up. the whole thing. Up. Yeah. Um, but um, no, it's um, you know, I I absolutely love that film. My yeah. only complaint about it was always um, when they find the the captain of Icarus One, I always wanted it to actually be Icarus. <laughs> I always thought that would be quite a cool reveal if they if they found this burning burning like mythological creature. I'd love that. But um that would have been a whole different film if I directed it. But no, um I do know what you mean. It did have that kind of that vibe to it definitely. Yeah. Um but yeah, I wasn't impressed. Um I liked I like the of it, I like the concept of it. But um it's <laughs> That that thing that he threw through the time. Oh no! Totally. He may as well have called it the plot device. <laughs> yeah, the, it, it was absolutely. Yeah. It was um, it was very weird. Um, the MacGuffin. So yeah. isn't it that, that's what the MacGuffin? It. Yeah, that's what we call, yeah. that's what we call these things in films, don't we? The MacGuffin. I think that's the uh, I think that's the technical term. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, but no, it was it was a bit of a. It was a bit of a weird one, and um, I don't know. I, I, I'm intrigued to see where they go with it because I, I kind of every episode that passes, I think you you guys are really running out of time. Yes, yeah, uh, we're careening towards the uh, to the end now. We were in the we're in the home the home stretch. We've got Mark Gatiss's uh, second episode this this weekend, which I'm quite looking forward to. Um, if only to see well, I, uh, I thought, the Victoriana trio again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I thought the um, Mark Gatiss's um, the Cold War episode has so far been the um, the the pick of the bunch. So um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing the 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 uh, 
Cybermen back, the new, or the, at least the redesigned Neil Gaiman Cybermen the week after. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And then we're at the final um, episode, so, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, so there's... The, we are running out of time, so yeah, it's going to otherwise it's going to be it's going to be a very very quick reveal of who uh, of who Clara is in the final episode, and with, without very much. Well, the other up. thing I'd say is, from everything I've seen of next week's episode, Clara isn't in it. Well, I think the first uh, uh, the, re the preview I read is that the spoiler fee pre preview is that the there there isn't much of the Doctor either in the in the first part of it. Um, mm. That it that. Uh, we do get quite a lot of uh, of Jenny and uh, Strax and Madame Vastra, but uh, but there is yeah. much Doctor and Clara in the beginning. So we'll see. Well, yeah, we'll see, we'll see, but that will be discussed next week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so <clears throat> the re the the topic we we chose today um that we're going to start 20 minutes in because we like that <laughs> um <laughs> we're good at staying on topic i yeah, think it's one of the things we're famed for um is um is <laughs> one of my one of my favorite t-shirts was um my top 10 reasons for procrastination are number one and that was it um, <laughs> that's kind of uh that's kind of what that t-shirt that embodies our show um but yeah, so um, this week we've we've had the news that um, the UK publishing industry is doing massively well, um, which is good because um, it keeps me in a job. <laughs> um, huh. But um, you think <laughs> you don't think? <laughs> Do you know something I don't? <laughs> no, but, I just um, I, I just see these figures and I and I kind of go, hmm. I, I know figures. I know what numbers. I know what numbers do, and when the and when the figures are being released by by the by the industry association, um, yeah, in order to show its own relevance, continued relevance, I get even more suspicious uh, and more sniffy. Yeah, no, I, I, I do know what you mean, and I think um, you know, I, I think well, books books are selling and um in in both forms um and they're maybe not selling in the way they did um mainly because there's not many places left to sell them um but you know that they are selling and i <laughs> i was amazed that you know i loved um there was a bbc article uh, that i tweeted um earlier in the week um that <laughs> pretty much put the whole kind of growth of uh the the UK book industry down to Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, um, I got, I've got this in the notes. So I I'll put, post the link yeah, to this. Uh, my personal opinion on that is Fifty Shades of Grey has already been kind of heralded for saving marriages. I think saying it's saving the publishing industry as well is <laughs> plaudits where it's very much not due. Um, hmm. But you know, well, I see. Um, this this goes back to another another article that I that I found and I'll link to um, uh, from August last year from the Guardian, which is when Am Amazon uh, yeah, Amazon doesn't give very very much information out because it doesn't need to because um, no matter what it does, no matter how much money it, it loses, um, uh, it uh, it still the share price continues to go up. Uh, that's another mm. topic. Um, 
but it's back from then it's it's saying that amazon talking about kindle books outstripping the sales of printed books um at that point and they're saying uh, uh that since the according to un again unaudited figures again <laughs> um since the start of 2012 uh, for every 100 hardback and paper book paperback book sold on its site uh, customers downloaded 114 ebooks um, so the figures included sales of printed books which did not have kindle editions but excluded free ebooks um, and they they in this this article they talk about the the boost given by the publication of 50 shades of gray uh, which has sold two million copies in the past four months. So, so they're you know the same thing. It's a kind of, the kind of the kind of standout star books are are things that are driving the purchase of these things. But um, these are again these are unaudited figures. Um, but it's interesting that you know that how long how long is that? August. That's six months six months mm. ago. We're and now we get we're getting this uh, article saying the same thing um el james's 50 shades trilogy was the, were the best selling titles in 2012 with combined sales of 10.5 million digital spending rose by 66 percent which mm. you know i i think that's to be expected at this point in the yeah. introduction of them but the total spending uh, only rose by four percent so mm -hmm. with uh, physical book sales down by as it says here just one percent but that mm. would just one percent is a is a significantly bigger, you know, uh, percent on a percent by percent basis because it's of a such a massive chunk that um, the digital total spending was three point three billion, but the digital spending wrote new figure is four hundred eleven million. Mm. So yeah, the sixty six percent we're in the early growth period of digital books when we can i guess we can expect to you know we, we we need to see those kind of numbers we're still at we're still at less than half a billion pounds in digital books yeah you got 3.3 billion there's, there's a lot yeah, more to lose in a percentage point drop on the physical print but I, th I think one of one of kind of the big issues with um with digital um publishing in in general is this idea that um People, people seem to uh, well, audiences um, seem to believe that the value, or a lot of audience, um, a lot of audiences seem to believe that the value of a book is is the book itself. Um, you mean, and, you mean uh, the artifact, the physical artifact? Yeah, yeah, um, and and not necessarily the contents of it. So, the pricing of digital books um, is, you know, like. Um, I, I have um, you know all kinds of beautiful art of books that that are really nicely printed and very very um, you know on these really nice kind of embossed papers and um, metallic papers and all kinds of weird and wonderful things and um, you know and it's from you say that's thirty pounds and people say okay that seems reasonable I'm getting this big book mm. and then if if you made that a really nice ebook people would not pay thirty pounds for it no. because they believe that, that that the value um, and may, maybe it's rightly you know maybe maybe my opinion of 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 it is different but um, there was um, a really nice quote from from Douglas Adams um, who who obviously um, died not long ago well. 
not long ago, probably about five years ago now, but um, was obviously a great sci-fi writer. And, you know, maybe being a sci-fi writer, he was he was slightly more um, open to to the, the change in direction of the publishing industry. But he had a really nice quote where he said, um, lovers of print are simply confusing the plate for the food. Mm. Um, and, yeah. I, and I think that's, that's a really nice... You know, you know how idea. long ago it was he died? How long? He died in 2001. God, really? Yeah, seriously. I didn't realise it was insane. that long ago either. That's but... insane. Um, but yeah, no, and and you know, he he's a writer that I I respect greatly. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you know that to me is 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 very true. Um, well, I think and... it is. We, but we pay for stories in all kinds of ways, don't we? I mean, we're yeah. we're, we're quite happy to pay for stories in a movie. We're quite we're quite happy to pay for stories. Uh, as an experience watching a tv program or you know subscribing to cable channel um but yeah it does seem that that, that the that the book in itself the story in that form is considered low value um and it's it's, it's weird as well because the the thing that always blows my mind is um in terms of kind of an hour return on money spent Books are obscene value for money. Hmm. Like there's not there's not many forms of entertainment. Like um, Game of Thrones um, would probably take 80, 90 hours to read for most people. Um, you know, and it's it's six quid. And, it's, and, <laughs> and with a book, you're often in a position where it's re-readable, whereas yeah. it's, it seems somehow harder for people to re-watch TV programs. Yeah. Somehow. So, you know, it's... it's an, um, you know, like um, there's John Steinbeck's Cannery Row, um, the, the really amazing book, and it's uh, you know, well, it's a novella. It's about 100 pages, and I remember when I bought it, um, it was 6.99, and the chap behind the counter. It probably doesn't help that it was in Middlesbrough, and <laughs> where uh, where I walked into a bookshop on a Saturday and all the staff who were sitting behind the counter freaked out. <laughs> just like, a customer? Um, and, uh, and he said, hey, Ahmed, you're not getting much for your money there, are you? <laughs> I, thought, I thought, you know, it's because he thought for six ninety nine it was a piddly little book and the mm. fact that it's a classic, you know, John Steinbeck book. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, I think this is another thing is... Um, I, the amount of arguments I get, and I mean arguments that I get into when people say, what do you do? And I say, oh, I work in, in uh, digital publishing. And they immediately think that I'm kind of burning books and, um, you know, like, <laughs> you know, petrol bombing hay on why. <laughs> I'm disappointed to hear you're not. <laughs> yeah, um, that's I, I I'm I do, but I'm not going to tell everybody. But, you know, th th that's the thing is I have I have a house full of books. I adore books, um, but you know, like as like that Douglas Adams quote says, you know, I'm I don't I don't hate books. I just think that a book is is a vehicle for a story. It's you know, it's it's nothing more than that. Um, and yes, some of them are very beautiful, and some of them are um, you know. I think I think a lot of it is down to an emotional attachment yeah. to it's a, very, it's a very evocative format and I think yeah, it, yeah, no, it's, it it's hard to get it's hard to get as excited about about a silver plastic disc in the same way that I guess people find it as hard you know, e easier to get excited and attached to 
to a record sleeve, a twelve-inch record sleeve with heavy yeah, yeah. vinyl inside. Um, but that, but that, but that's and the other thing is, is that I think with because the because it is a physical. Um, because it is a kind of physical manifestation of that story, in a way. Well, it? Um, but it, it it takes the form of um, people kind of project memories onto it, and mm. you know, they're, they're, like to me, um, I'll use Game of Thrones as an example again. But um, every time I pick up my copy of Game of Thrones, um, I'm sitting in a field uh, um, outside a national trust home in outside Lyme, Lyme Regis with my family. Mm. Um, which is, you know, that's that's a very kind of evocative, well, there, yeah. emotive, and, the, and, and it sh it shows its history on it on every page in that sense. That yeah, if, you, yeah. if you've read it, you know, it, it it gets weathered and worn, and same as a vinyl record. And uh, I sound like I'm defending this stuff or celebrating it, but you know, I think this is part of it. Um, yeah, no. I, I don't remember, I don't know where I was when I bought an MP3. <laughs> Um, not not yeah, really. Yeah. Occasionally, maybe, but not but not really. And they and those MP3s I bought back in I don't know two thousand four or something are, are just the same now as they were were then. Yeah, and I, I think also you know there's um, like like you say there's there's this thing isn't it like you know my, my wife's family all live in Hay and Y, um, which is an incredible town full of um, beautiful bookshops and. Um, you know that they've got books in there that are um, that there's there's one book that always sticks out in my head, which is an an entire hand illustrated guide to mushrooms of of the British Isles, <laughs> and it is you know each each um, plate is kind of hand drawn and it's just it's absolutely mm. stunning. And yes, in PDF form, it would not you know or whatever form, it would just not have that same feeling mm. but i think you know the um i, I often quote you um wait oh, you had quite a nice <laughs> um normally it's in in horrific context mm. and <laughs> so, um but uh no you, you said that um you know some uh most books don't deserve to be printed and some deserve better mm. and I, you know i think that's very true um and you know, it's like Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, it sold 10 million copies, but now it is essentially um, the the charity shop bookend. Um, you know, and and when you think of kind of the manufacturing prices and the manufacturing costs and the uh, the wastage that is caused by by that many lovely trees being chopped down, and you know, I think people people get really defensive when I say you know well if you think of kind of the the um you know the kind of eco-friendly aspect of of digital you know people people get really defensive and they're like well that's not why you do, you know why you do digital printing or sorry digital publishing this and i'm saying and i always say no it isn't but it's 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 a good reason to do it. <laughs> you know? mm. um, the reason the reason I'm interested in digital publishing is I I'm interested in seeing where it goes next. I'm interested in the the one thing I like about digital publishing. Well, one of the many things I like about digital publishing is there is no established way of doing things. Mm. It's yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a essentially in it's, infancy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and the great thing about that is that um, you know it, it allows for a lot of room for experimentation. 
question. And, um, you know, I, I still think for me, uh, again, it was a conversation that we had earlier in the week, but um, digital publishing hasn't had its, you know, its kind of Hail Mary moment. It hasn't had that, that, um, that moment where everybody in the industry, all eyes are on one thing. And, you know, it just, it just, Changes the game forever, um, and I think you know there's there's a lot of companies like um, Random House do do a lot of quite cool things based around books, mm. um, but they're not they're not necessarily um, you know they're, they're not books. And it's <clears throat> a few weeks ago we talked about the um, the the idea of when does a comic book cease to be a comic book and start to be a game or when does it start to become a film mm. and i think that's that's one thing with this idea <laughs> like to me um when a book appears in the app store under uh, apps of the week it, it it's it's then debatable as to whether it's a book <laughs> um, mm. And you know, I think this is this is kind of a big question that, that's that's kind of happening now. Is is you know what is a what you know what when people say I love books, what what do they love? Do they love you know do they love the the form that they come in, or do they love the ideas that they present? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, with 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 Random House, they did the Ankh Pork map, um, which is this stunning interactive realization of. Um, of a, a city from Terry Pratchett's uh, Discworld novels, um, and it's stunning, and it brings Ant Morpork to life in a way that um, every Terry Pratchett fan has done in their head. But to see it is is exceptional. Uh, it's you know it's an absolutely incredible experience. But it's not a book in in any way, sense or form. It's it's an interactive map. Mm. Um, and I think you know that's that's the interesting thing at the minute is um, the closest thing I've seen um, really is um, they've done um, there's a company called I think they're called Inkle I'm just going to check it um, that um, have made a remake of um, Sorcery which was which was a game book. From yes. um, from Steve Jackson, um, mm. who um, founded so like the uh, Lionhead the, Studios, the fighting fantasy games. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Inkle, yeah, it is by Inkle, and I downloaded that. Um, uh, I think it came out yesterday, um, and that to me feels like the closest thing to kind of the next the next stage of storytelling, um, where it is a book. Um, it has it has gamic elements. It, it's kind of a, the gamification of the book, I guess, in a lot of ways. But it's it's a book that's designed from the ground up, um, with its format in mind. Yeah. Um, and it's it's something that that allows that they've clearly sat down and thought about how do people interact with the with the iPad, you know, um, and and really kind of the, built it from scratch from the ground up and you know i think it's it's one thing that the apple have tried to do with you know i've i've used a lot of uh conversion tools and ebook um design tools and construction tools and the one thing i really like about ibooks author and i know that on this show um 
we we do have a tendency to kind of talk up Apple. Yeah. Um, and I, I am aware of it. But the one thing I always say is I'm not biased, but Apple are the, provide me with the best tools to do what I want to do. And if anything comes along that does it better, I'll buy that. But until that happens, I'll buy Apple. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, a, bias, a bias towards quality is not a, is not a problem. Yeah, exactly. And uh, but you know, I think with with iBooks Author, which is far from perfect, it is nowhere near perfect, but it is it is the closest thing I've seen so far, where somebody has thought about how people interact with their product, and um, you know how because the thing is that Amazon provide conversion tools where you you take a uh, you know a, a a text file or a InDesign file, and you convert it into a book. Um, that, but it's a very straight conversion. Whereas, whereas iBooks Author is is a tool that is a construction tool, and the idea is to make eBooks. Um, for, you know, and and that idea that. Um, well, it's to make eBooks for, for iBooks Author. I think that's the key. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not to make but, uh, uh, people wanted to make to make eBooks for everything else, but then complain about it because it doesn't do a very good job of that. Um, but then they're getting it for free. Yeah, but but the other thing is as well that I would say is, um, the, you know the. the from from and it, it's worth saying I haven't been in the industry, you know, a, a decade. You know, oh, you're I've, too young. I've, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, the the one thing that I find amazing is, um, you know, people want the same product on everything, which seems like a really weird concept to me. Um, this idea of I want I want this book on everything exactly the same. That seems like a really weird idea, you know. That it's it's that it's that well, thing it's, of it's weird um, if you think of it as a computer product. It's it, but if people are coming to this saying, well, they've always been able to buy their books and use them anywhere and take them anywhere, and just because they move house, yeah, they don't have they don't have to change their books again. No, no, I'm, I'm but on a computer, it's all right. Of, it's, but I'm I'm fine with the idea of. If you buy, if you buy something, you should be allowed to then use that across your devices. But it's this idea of kind of standardizing everything and, and making everything to the lowest common denominator. Mm. And, it, you know, it's, it's something that we discussed with, um, when we went to the publishing fair, um, well, the publishing expo down in, um, down in London was people seem to be advertising. Here's a way of, changing nothing that you do hmm. and regurgitating a product hmm. and just and just taking everything that you have and just just kind of transposing it onto that yeah you know, and that to me seems the wrong way of doing it well it, it you know, is you, i think it, it absolutely is well it, yeah and i think we saw but um, i think we see, saw this in the early days of the web there were companies coming along saying well, you know, you you can carry on. You, you're a designer or a design company that are used to making things in Quark Express or in Illustrator or Freehand for your clients. Uh, here's our tools will allow you to take that and just use it as is. And it, and in some ways, that's what Flash was doing too. It was it was saying that you carry on, carry on 
putting, you know, working on design as if it were a fixed uh, canvas of a physical size and you can choose exactly what it is and you fix it all there, you know, and we can do, we can allow you to do that in a way that doesn't mean you have to make a JPEG. <laughs> um, and, and companies yeah. like Adobe have traded on this basis, you know, don't, you, you won't have to change anything. It's okay. Carry on. You, you can still win. And I think that that's the that's the sad thing because you know it is that it is that Henry T. Ford thing, isn't it? Of if I asked people what they wanted, they wanted, they'd have told me a faster horse. And yeah. it's that it's that to me it's that thing of um, you know if if you say to people what do you want from a digital book, they just go, oh, well, I want a cheap book. Yeah. <laughs> and how, but how sad is that? You know that it's that it, it's that idea of um, <laughs> you know. I kind of think well, well and what the industry what the... and what if you ask the industry what they want if you ask a customer yeah they, they say i want I want the same books cheaper, and I want to be able to carry them around with me and if you ask the publishers what they want, I think they'll probably say we want to carry on publishing books and we want to make more money, we want to sell more copies of our book, and we probably we'd like yeah. to, and we'd like uh -huh. to do that with a with a bigger margin now because we don't have to you know we don't have to print but oh that's not the real cost of making a book you know and this is this week we've been hearing this as well with the publishers saying oh you know people misunderstand where the where the costs are in the industry the costs are yeah, you know, yeah well, in it's, us it's the development going and book, looking yeah. at lots of authors you know keeping lots of authors yeah. on, on, but there's no i don't think there's particularly great evidence that that's what the publishing industry is doing in the same way as the record industry loved, loved to tell us that what they were really doing, you know, they, they needed to make all this money because what they did was artist development. But, yeah, yeah. You know, but we still end up with uh, the same artists, the same kind of yeah, artists. Yeah. And I think, you know, that, that to me is, um, but I think there, there are people, there are authors, um, who, who are, um, you know, trying and experimenting with with the with this with kind of pricing and, and the way that the way that things um are you know the the way which kind of value is perceived and so on um and i think it's it's interesting to see you know because obviously authors authors have a lot of power in in the publishing industry because um publishers wouldn't really exist without them um and um i think you know, when when people do say, you know, I, I I just want it cheaper. To me, if somebody says, "What do you want, little book?" I'd say I want the same book but better. Mm -hmm. Um, and <laughs> the price is secondary to that. Like, um, if I could, like, one of my favourite art of books is the Art of Akami, uh, which is a Japanese uh, computer game, and the art of book stunning. Um, but if I could have, if I, I paid £30 for that, if I could pay £30 for that on my iPad with interviews with the artists and, and, you know, videos of the, of, of illustrations and, you know, see painting demonstrations and, um, the history of, of Japanese woodcut art and, you know, that kind of, I, I definitely pay £30 for that. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and, um, you know, and then there's people like, um, Brandon Sanderson, uh, who um, wrote, you know, The Way of Kings or all that kind of stuff. His um, his latest um, book, um, which is called The Emperor's 
Oh, I've forgotten the name. Anywho, um, he released the the print book for six ninety nine and and the digital book for one ninety nine. Um, yet the print book still outstripped it in sales. So I, I think you know it's not about price. It's not about um, you know I think far too much emphasis is placed on price. I think you're thinking. Empress Soul, yeah, there we go. Um, yes, because, yeah, forging the new soul, that's the one. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's it's sad that the reliance is on price as opposed to quality or, or experience. Um, and, you know, you know, I think, like I say, the, the nice thing is, is that there's no answers, but the frustrating thing is also that there's no answers. Um, yeah. So we we haven't talked about um, the kind of other end of this, which is the something that, that the publishers kind of said, oh, you know, they're kind of brushed off, which is the the kind of self-publishing and other other ways of doing this. We've kind of talked mostly about public, existing publishers adapting to digital, but there's obviously things like LeanPub, um, where you've yeah. got different models being tried out. Yeah, and I think you know that's that's. To me, kind of self-publishing's um, an, ama- an amazing thing in the sense of I, I like the idea that um, you know I guess like in the same way as with MP3s, um, you get some really obscure, weird, and wonderful things. And I like this idea that with self-publishing, um, <laughs> you don't get this kind of again this lowest common denominator kind of standardization of an industry and you but the the thing that i find interesting is that 50 shades of gray you know when they talk about the um, the idea of self publishing and how it could harm the industry 50 shades of gray was a self published book mm. um in its original form that was then taken on by a publisher to go worldwide mm. so i think you know it, it's it, it it's something that can't be dismissed because in a lot of ways, well, the biggest selling book of the last year was a self-published book. So if this is becoming so, kind of the A&R equivalent, this is where the, the 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 new artists are going to be developing on things like lean publishing and things like iBooks Author and Kindle self-publishing and all of those things and mm. doing the industry's uh, kind of initial work for, for it. The, the question has to be asked, you know, but well, why why could the industry get away with with saying, oh well, we we make we charge all this money and make these huge margins because we do the the development if they if they aren't doing that anymore? Now I think that's going to be harder and harder to justify. Yeah, it is, and I think you know that's where, to me, um, this this idea of kind of um, of an enhancement of a book comes in, where um, where Publishers, as opposed to um, being the, being the person who kind of gift wrapped the present, um, you know, go, the, uh, I like this idea that they they work with authors to to develop and expand their work. Like mm, that, because that's, that's expensive, is, isn't it? That that's it's that stuff that needs the investment. It's not it's not the developing an art a, a new author from scratch because you can do that yourself now. Um, it, yeah, but it yeah. is taking think, that content and that. developing it. Yeah, and 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 you know, I, I think it's that idea, isn't it? Of um, there, there are many wonderfully gifted writers in the world, um, but you know, a lot a lot of these great writers, like just really basic things, like 
with these self-publishing things, you know, like cover design, mm. like a lot of these self-publishers um, kind of cobble together a cover, can publishers, you know, yeah. kind of package the product, well, but then but then take it and and you know, like you say, um, kind of nurture. But you the, see, here, here's the, the thing that here's the thing that I think that that if that's what if that's what publishers are going are going to have to increasingly do. They're going to be the ones not that develop the, the the author in the first place or help the author find their voice um, or provide a, 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 a way in which they can write and reach an audience. But they're going to be the ones who, once something's established, once it's got an audience, once it's got you know the first few thousand readers who can take that content and, and do the expensive stuff, to turn it into apps, they can develop the expensive expanded content, the video content. They can they can look at how it works across different forms and formats. If that's true and that's the future of publishers, I don't think the current publishers, most of them, have those skills. I think it's going to no, they're gonna they, find that they, well, they that they are out competed by other kinds of companies. Yeah, but I, I also think um you know that that smaller, more agile companies um, will will become the kind of big players because mm. they they normally um, have more room for um, for kind of development and you know they're, they're not these kind of monolithic structures that you you need to kind of you know restructure the entire business to allow for these things. Mm. And I, I do think that that. With kind of the rise of digital publishing, we we won't see the death of the book. We'll see the death of some massive publishers. Mm. Um, you know, in in the same way as um, with with kind of the app economy, um, we've seen the death of huge publishers in the computer games industry, um, where. Um, these studios have broken down into smaller and smaller and smaller components um, of people who do truly, you know, not all of them, but we get some really great, innovative, you know, incredible games. And, and it's funny because I was saying to somebody the other day, I probably play more games on my iPad now than I do on my consoles and on my desktop because there seems to be more creativity there because because there seems to be these kind of smaller teams of, of indie developers. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll get these kind of indie publishers almost, um, who, who will, um, experiment and won't have to worry about, um, maintaining, um, kind of these massive authors, but instead we'll, we'll find these, these small or, uh, kind of, uh, self-publishing authors through things like LeanPub and that kind of thing, and say, you know, I've I've read your stuff through a love of of what they do, saying let's let's cultivate that and see what we can do with that and try and make something really you know groundbreaking. And I think that's where um, that's where the hail mary moment will come from. Mm -hmm. I don't think it will come from Random House or you know even even kind of the more the more um, kind of artistic publishers like Faber and Faber and so I, I, I think it will, it will come from an indie source. Um, that's that's just my prediction. Yeah, cool. I think that's a good place to, to leave the uh, that discussion. 
and yeah. uh, for another time. Yeah, I think that, that is good because I think, uh, yeah, I think we're getting getting to something there. Yeah. yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> well, th- who'd who'd have thought my rant would have ended the show? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything else happened that you that you want to kind of talk about? Anything good? <laughs> Is this is this the counselling session? Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's right. This, this, is where, <laughs> this is where you're still on the clock, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've got you've got five minutes if you want to wrap it up. Um, no, um, you know, I, I think there's been a few things this week um, that that are kind of worth discussing. Um, the the one thing was sorcery, which I I'm going to actually ask you to download um, mm. and and have a playthrough if you can do for for our next show. So what's um, this? Has, we'll have to point me to a link. What, what are we looking for? Okay, so um, sorcery. It's it's on the App Store. Um, if you type in um, uh, Steve Jackson sorcery or Inkle, it will come oh, up. Okay. Um, and this is the um, this is the interactive storybook. Um, as a as a kid in the seventies, you should love this. Mm, um, yeah. yeah, I got it. Um, so I'll put a link in. Right, so. Yeah, um, no, it looks good. It's, uh, it looks great. It's beautiful. It's stunning. I, 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 we were at a uh, last weekend at a place that had a, uh, a secondhand book um, sales, uh, and uh, and they had a bunch of uh, fighting fantasy books. And I showed my daughter Brilliant. them. You know, my my daughter's twelve, and she'd never seen these things, but she knew the idea from other things. But uh, uh, quite quite intriguing to see the response of a of a, of a kid of uh. today. Yeah, and I think the the funny thing is is that there, there are so many conventions in gaming, uh, in modern gaming that come from these kind of things. Um, and you know, I'm I'm kind of a, I'm big into board games and uh, you know tabletop gaming, and I think you know that this this to me is is the first the first time I've played something that has felt like a, a real um, progression in, in in interactive storytelling uh in in quite a while and it's it's getting incredible reviews um i have to say every review i've read of it has has you know eulogized about it and i think even if even if you're not into kind of the the fantasy aspect of it just the the way it's done is is very artful and very beautiful and again it's not it's not um it's not just converting a 30 year old book um, and cashing in on nostalgia, it's it's very much designing it from the ground up, um, and I think it, it'd be worth something looking at definitely. Okay, um, downloading it now. There we go. There we go. <laughs> when so, I get when I get the message, now we're going. What is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, type my password. There you go. Yeah, come, and um, you. You watched another episode of um, of, of Hemlock Grover here. Yes, I did episode five. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm still not convinced. But I'll <laughs> yeah. Go with it. yeah, I think it, yeah, it's it was uh, mad, uh, mad, mad as hell. <laughs> and <laughs> um, I I loved your description of it on on Twitter. Yeah, what did um, I say? It was it was something about a sack. <laughs> something, something, That's all I sack something, something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, here you go. Here we go. What did I say? Episode five of Hemlock Grove was mad as fish. Frankenstein, the Exorcist, the Howling, and Drag Me to Hell, all in a big mad sack. <laughs> 
There well, you go. They could put that. They can put that on the DVD box if they like. It's probably the best review it'll get. <laughs> <laughs> well, that says everything. You know, that's that's, that's every, everything I needed to say about that episode. But I quite enjoyed it, and it was in, yeah. insane. Well, uh, maybe I'll give it another go. I, like I say, I just think I, I missed too many of the references. Yeah. I just, I don't get it. But um, <laughs> no, and um, yeah, the, the other thing that's worth mentioning that happened that you will have no knowledge of is the uh, the Grand Theft Auto Five uh, character reveals, which that game just looks like the single greatest game ever made. But that's just my opinion. Um, <laughs> but no, so, so I think. Um, you know, this this next week we'll we'll have a chat of sorcery. Yeah. Um, we'll have a look at that. Um, I'm hoping the other thing might... we'll get tomorrow. Remember, tomorrow is May. Is, well, tomorrow is is May the fourth, and it's some it, kind of Star Wars yeah, reveal. I, I think that I think there's there's a consensus that well, that lots of people are hoping for for some more information. Yeah. We shall see. Um. We'll we'll see. I mean, it'd be nice if if it is, and uh, you know, may the fourth be with you and all that. Yeah, the um, with you too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, in fact, that might be worth. We, it might be worth looking at Star Command, which is another iOS game. It's a bit more Star Trekky than Star Warsy, but it's a cool game. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll look at sorcery. We'll we'll have a little wrap up of um, of Doctor Who. Um, and hopefully we'll have we'll have a Star Wars reveal to talk about, which would make a nice show. That would, I'd like that as a show. Yeah. Um, so uh, when, can you? When I'll, I'll get them. onto JJ and uh, see if I can. Yeah. See if I can sort that. Oh, out. that'd be great. Okay. <laughs> um, so when the um, when the Jar Jar Binks um, standalone film is revealed tomorrow, <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> reveal that that's what the JJ stands for the whole time. Yeah, damn it. Um, You know, that is exactly, if if it goes bad, it will be Jar 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 Abrams Abrams forever. forever. forever, We we are coining that on this show, on Doom Ray, Jar Jar Abrams, it was here. What was it? May May, May the 3rd, 2013. I'm sure we're not the first. (laughs) Well, if we are, we're probably the first who's coined it officially timestamp um, <laughs> so yeah so yes okay well we shall wrap it up so thanks everybody for listening um okay. oh by the way um to follow up from um a couple of weeks ago my my mum finally listened to the uh, to the podcast <laughs> um and uh and chuckled along gleefully i'm not sure if that was a good sign or a bad sign but um yeah, yeah, yeah she good. finally listened well if she's listening <laughs> i hope she's enjoying yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll speak to you in a little bit anyway, Rob. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Okay. Thanks, Kyle. Have a good weekend. See you in a little bit. Take care. And you. Bye-bye. Bye.